0: Well, Scope, a podcast with two guys in their twenties giving the perspective on the games that we love, headlines of pop culture, and the meaning of mind it all. I'm your host Wendy Burns, along my counterpart, Savon Morris. How's it going, man?
1: It's going pretty good, man. Ready to dive in.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely. And we have a lot of topics to get into today as always. Um, obviously some NFL topics, college football, um, a couple NBA ones, some album reviews in the second half we're gonna do a review of Scarface, but to start off with just the dog big time home win versus Buffalo and them, you know, staying undefeated. Uh, they were able to win 21-19, and the Dolphins-Stevens did just enough to to stall Allen twice in the fourth quarter. Uh, Buffalo ran 90, 90 plays compared to 39 for Miami, outgaining the Dolphins 497 yards at 212. But with, with, with looking at this Miami team, what they're doing, like getting off to this 3-0 start, beating a really good a, a really good um, uh, conference opponent in, in in Buffalo, what were your takeaways on this and just like how also how the game ended? Because Buffalo had a chance to possibly win it. Um, get a long time yeah you know get a long field goal but the clock management just didn't work out for them
1: you know uh, hats off to the Miami Dolphins man that defense played a heck of a game to kind of come together and figure out a game plan where their secondary is not their strong so you look at uh, what Josh Allen and you know Stefan Diggs was able to do the past you know the first two games and going you know Going off the bat and you know, going against a good Rams team and showing what what their their wide receiver core can do against a good secondary. So hats off to Miami Dolphins defense to figure things out how to uh keep Stefan Diggs under wraps, man. But hats off to Tua. You know, didn't think he was gonna come time. back into the yeah. game. Thought he had a yeah, thought he had a concussion, but the, the drive coming back, he zips one to uh you know Tyreek Hill to, to set the tone, but man. Tua played a, a, a decent game. I think his decision-making was the, the best out of it, but they, they 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 moved the ball around. Walter had a couple of receptions. Tyreek Hale didn't have as a big of a game as what I thought he was going to be, but I think they mixed it mixed it around well, and they came out on top 21-19, man. But I love where the Miami Dolphins is heading, though. These yes. big moves they made in the offseason possibly might <laughs> be hey, worked man, out. I know it's only third yeah. game. Yeah. I know it's the third game, man. Um, their schedule was not as tough as, as some, yeah, you, you know, you face a, a couple, uh, good teams in Baltimore and then you come back to win against, uh, you come back against the win of Baltimore and you beat a team in New Orleans, I mean, New England that's, you know, have an average 12 point only average 12 points in the first three games. So, and then you get (laughs) a Buffalo team and you figure things out, you know, but no, I think they're headed in the right direction. Uh, I I think I I love what Tua has uh, progressed. He's throwing his wide receivers open. He's anticipating things. His pocket presence is a little better. I wish the offensive line was better, but hey, man, but uh, hats off the Miami Dolphins for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, when you look on the side of Buffalo, um, obviously, like, it's one of those games where they aren't able to be at the same level offensive output as they usually are. Like, do you put that more on like what Miami was Miami's defense was able to do, or was it more so did Buffalo kind of look out of sorts in terms of like how they usually look?
1: I think they did. Even though he had like four hundred yards throwing two touchdowns, mm-hmm. he made a lot of mental errors. And I'm talking about Josh Allen. I've never seen him get be so frustrated in a game before in his first, you know, first his young career. It's a yeah. couple of pass he wanted back going into halftime. He wanted to spike the ball, but he, you know, reluctantly threw it to the outside because he the the snap plays and some of the mm-hmm. plays that he missed. Like I've never seen him be this discombobulated when it when it comes to being the, the leader and leading his team trying to get the victory. He right. he didn't look sloppy. Stats will say he didn't look sloppy, yeah, but I think he played. Yeah, <laughs> you know, four hundred your passing yards, two touches, no interceptions. But mm-hmm. I think he played a little bit sloppy. His decision making is the difference in that game because his they started was off on fire.
0: His poise was a lot yeah. different too, like like in those kind of heated, in those like really like intense moments where you want a quarterback to kind of stay even kill. He really wasn't, and it looked a lot different than how he usually looks.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you you get frustrated. You get frustrated as a as a quarterback because you're not right making the right reads or, or doing certain things that you normally do. But that comes with the game. His frustration was was well known, and they were getting to him. They were, you know, sacking him and bringing pressure. They didn't do anything out of the sorts that the normal other NFL team, what other team would do to him, but yeah. I think for him it was more of mental errors than anything. Dolphins didn't really throw anything at him that was, you know – Make him like okay. I can't read because he had four hundred passing yards to two touchdowns. <laughs> so I think it was just the reads and his mental errors that game could have changed the the pace of the game, changed uh the outcome of the game for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'll get into to Green Bay's uh, tight two point home win versus Tampa Bay, and just also the the, the Bucks mm-hmm. failed two point con- uh, conversion. Uh, Green Bay was able to win by uh was was able to win by uh, uh twenty one to nineteen as Rogers threw for two touchdowns. And 255 yards, but what are your thoughts on this close win? As you know, this was the type of game where we really saw Tampa Bay struggle again offensively, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it was it was still the, the type of game where they had the chance at the end, um, but yeah. Green Bay was was able to hold them off.
1: Man, you know, <laughs> hats off. I'm gonna I'm say it again, hats off to the the Buccaneers, man, because we started on fire. Green Bay, you know, first two drives. They go out there, score. Bakhtiari's back. Where we're utilizing both for our running backs. We have a good game plan. And they come out in the second half. We have interceptions, penalties, turnovers, and we're making turnovers in the process. Man, they stayed in that game. They figured out, and they didn't have Mike Evans, they're one of their biggest wide receiver, uh, big wide receiver and threats. They didn't have a couple guys in the secondary that was banged up. Decimated. But man, they figured it out. Court. Yeah, the
0: receiver corps was decimated in that one.
1: Oh, for sure, and they figured out a way to stay in the game. That's great. Um, but if you if you watch, I watched that game from beginning to end. It was like, why can't we pull away from these guys? I mean, the secondary wasn't doing anything, you know, crazy. Um, the running game wasn't working for for uh the Buccaneers, but their defense got them in the they kept them in the game. I mean hats off to uh Devin White obviously and then uh a guy that's really underrated uh Levante or uh Devante. Um but their defense looked really good. They had opportunities um off the Yin game because of their defense but 14 12 they had an opportunity to yeah, come back point. missed the two point conversion hey, amen that was a good game it had me on my toes it had me you know seat on my <laughs> <laughs> edge of my seat for real though
0: yeah, definitely. Um, and, and and also, like, when you look at also what, what Tampa Bay didn't have in that game and then, you know, now they're headed to, for next week, it's going to be a very competitive game against Kansas City, Kansas City mm-hmm. coming in, into town. Like, how do you think, like, their mentality is going to be going up? Like, you, you're coming off of a Green Bay loss, and now you're going up against one of the best AFC teams. Like, you think it's one of those right. things where, hey, like, like, if we get some of our players back, we'll be in a better form? Or is it almost like kind of an encouragement of, hey, like, we still had a shot, like to win this game, yeah. even though we weren't even playing close to our best.
1: Yeah, for sure, they'll have Mike Evans back for this game. Who's only suspended one game. Um, yeah. They'll have a couple of other tight end weapons. I think play calling was the difference maker for, uh, for the Buccaneers, with Brian Leftwich. I think he was playing so conservative. And certain moments, you got to let Tom Brady go. Running game wasn't working. The last, I think their best drive was going into halftime um but after that they they couldn't figure out how to get a groove and i think play yeah. calling has to change obviously you don't have the big time receiver like mike evans who could take the top off you know have the double coverage so other guys can get open but with the kansas city chiefs who's banged up in the secondary as well i think they'll have found an opportunity to get the running game going with linda fournette and mike evans will be back so play action will be there um it's some other opportunities, but when Mike Evans back and a couple other guys back, they'll be fine, but play calling has to be different. Obviously, you can't play, you know, call the same plays that you would when you're, you know, big-time wide receivers there, but their defense is going to keep them in situations. They have one of the best front seven in the business, in the NFL, Devin White, Vontae, Vita Vea. Um, They got some, some outstanding young guys in the secondary as well, so their defense is always going to keep them in. If the play yeah. calling is different, obviously Mike Evans is going to be back. Going to they're going to be fine against Kansas City Chiefs. I think that's a boost for them. We didn't have our best player, we didn't do this and that. We couldn't call certain plays, and we still still got a chance to tie it up 14
0: 14 (laughs) at the end, yeah. yeah. Um, and and now getting into the Broncos edging San Francisco, uh, um, by one, Mm. uh, um, last last night. This was just an extremely low scoring game. As you know, Russell Wilson had had nine uh three and outs, only uh, 126 yards passing. Uh, Denver's defense, which allowed just you know thirty six points through, through, through three games and sacked Garoppolo four times mm-hmm. and forced three, three yeah. turnovers, was just a huge um, factor in, in determining the win. But what were your thoughts on this matchup mm-hmm. and just like how low scoring of a game this was and kind of like neither offense really being able to, to to find the rhythm.
1: You know they just can't figure it out. And I'm, I'm more, more so talking about the Denver Broncos. I know I said you know early uh, this month that <laughs> all they were missing was a. You know, franchise quarterback, and I still believe that way, but that chemistry is still not there with the wide receiver, still not there with the offensive lineman. Um, it's, it's, there have opportunities, but you know, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and a couple of the guys, they have to make it easier for uh Russell Wilson because that offensive line is not going to give him as much time. There were moments where he had all the time, it just was off accuracy just a slight bit, but they have to get off their brakes and make separation as quickly as possible and the yeah. running game has been non-existent for these guys so a running game is a quarterback's best friend a tight end is definitely a quarterback's best friend <laughs> so when they get that going and the chemistry's there i think they'll be fine obviously we see the defense p- keep them in situation bradley chubb is coming to it his own he's he's touching that you know touching that ceiling in shortly and he has he has so Many weapons in his arsenal as a pass rusher and a uh, run stop defender. But once that offense gets clicking and get that chemistry and the running game starts working, Mm -hmm. they're going to be fine. They're still two and one. Great position to be in for the Denver Broncos.
0: Tied with the Chiefs for the top of the AFC West. So yeah.
1: Exactly. Last year, they were non existent. So it's a big, you know, big uh, change. And I still still stand by. They just needed to, uh, a franchise quarterback and they got that, just give them some time. There's two and one. So yeah, I think they'll be fine. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, and, and before we move on, like looking at some of the other developments, I uh, yesterday, a lot of them were from the AFC West because Oakland, I, I mean, Las Vegas, Oh, and three, like it's just like, a, r- <laughs> a rough start for them. Um, you know, the, the chargers, they lose, they, 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 they lost to Jacksonville, Kansas city had, had a surprise, surprise. Had, had, had a surprise loss to the Colts. Like what was like, the most surprising development for you in terms of yesterday's games?
1: It had to be the Chargers and the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, hands yeah. down, because we are so big on Justin Herbert, at mm-hmm. the mechanics and the tangible, intangible things, and they, they have a good offense, and I think they have a, a better defense with uh, uh, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, you know, you know, one of the, you know, top 10 pass rushers in the league and you come to a team <laughs> with the Jacksonville Jaguars who were just, you know, just try to get through last year, but without, I guess they're, they're letting Trevor Lawrence go, but we didn't see the same Chargers team that we saw previous from last year in the first two games. I think something has changed. Um, but the Jacksonville Jaguars may be serious this year. But that was yeah. the, the biggest surprise. That's I true. thought they were going to just molly him. We saw how tough Justin Herbert was last game uh, yeah. pr- prior to this game. So I was just like, like yeah, he's going to, they're going to molly walk. But Trevor Lawrence, the guys, they don't have enough, but they come up with the W. Man, you got to love football. I didn't. I didn't expect that at all, but. I think they're gonna they're definitely gonna bounce back and get back to you know Eckler uh, being so pivotal in the run game and as well as the pass game. But mm-hmm. yeah, every every dog has his day, there. What they say, every dog, yeah, sure. has his
0: day. <laughs> do you have any thoughts on 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 Rihanna being the Super Bowl halftime? Throw? Oh man, bro, that's some big news. That's that's, big gonna news. Be, that's gonna
1: that's be that's that's gonna be dope, man. I just imagine who she'll bring out with her because last year obviously Dr. Dre kind of spoiled us with Eminem yes. and um, uh, Snoop Dogg. Fifty Cent, Fifty Cent almost died, you know, trying to hang upside down. A lot <laughs> of blood went to this brain. He had a big head too; it's like a pit bull. <laughs> so we almost lost him last year. We had Kendrick out there as well. So mm-hmm. and, and we had Innocent Pack. So I just yes. she has just the expectations a lot, a lot are high for too. her. Yeah. Yeah, and she's back. You know, what I mean, this is probably her first performance in like years. Since what the mm. VMAs when she did that live it's performance. Been show. It's
0: been a minute. It's been a minute.
1: She's expectations on her show. are she's high. On her show. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, really I hope she brings out time. Drake. <laughs> that would be fire. <laughs> I hope she brings out Drake. Come on, uh, bring yeah. out Drake. Come for come c- on.
0: sentimental reasons.
1: Right? <laughs> like, no, for real. <laughs> um,
0: but, but, but now getting in, in, into into college football and just thoughts on Oklahoma's you know upset loss versus Kansas State. Kansas State Ooh, wow, won, 30, yeah. won 41, 30, uh, 34. And Adrian mm-hmm. Martinez ran for 148 yards and four touchdowns. Also threw for 234 yards in his four. But what are your thoughts on the Wildcats, you know, finding a way to, to win in Norman again and just the major upset it was?
1: Man, we, we always look at Oklahoma since that you know, Baker Mayfield. Almost the same story. <laughs> um, yeah, same story with you know, a Murray, even take it back to like, you know, oh, oh, six with Sam Bradford, Sam Bradford yeah. like, These guys always have one of the best offense you're going to see. But their defense is always lacking. I don't understand it, Wellington, They allow each season at least 20 points a game. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They at least allow 20 points a game. From the span of 06 to 2022, they at least allow 20 points a game. Defense wins championships. That's why they don't have one just yet. (laughs) They don't have one in this millennium because they don't have a defense. You got to have a defense. So, you know, I wasn't surprised. You know, everybody's been upset this year. Like, so many upsets, it's becoming a normal – the normalcy of college football.
0: I feel like when Oklahoma gets upset, it's one of those things where people are just like, okay, if they didn't see the game, like, their defense must have given up, like, a bunch of points. And that's how it always is. Exactly.
1: It's it's spot on every single time. It's spot on. The defense cannot – Handle The offensive will give you points, obviously. We, we've yeah. seen that for mol- multiple years, but it's maybe it's the play calling or the defensive scheme that they have every single year, the defensive coordinator, but they always average to team, opponent teams always average over 20 points. So I'm, was <laughs> I was not <laughs> surprised. I um, was not surprised.
0: And now getting into to Clemson's uh, close win versus Wake Forest, which was, you know, I mean, mm, one yeah. of the, the craziest uh, 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 yeah, games of the weekend. One. Clemson put off a thriller on the road, 51 to 45. And um, DJ uh, Ugalay threw for three hundred seventy-five yards and five touchdowns, also threw for 337 yards and and, um, uh, uh, six uh, TDs to set a program uh, uh, record. I mean, Hartman threw threw for 337 yards and six touchdowns to set a program record for Wake Forest. And this was just a back and forth game because like Clemson on the road, like this was one of those games where they really could have lost it. It goes to double overtime. Um, there, there are so many moments in it where just certain, certain plays could have, could have really flipped who won it. But like, what are your thoughts on on yeah. a win like this for Clemson and just like um, them kind of figuring it out, it, it out on the road? Because like Dabo Sweeney said at the end of the game, like if you're gonna win the ACC and, and get to the playoff, you got to win games like this on the road.
1: Right. And, you know, this hat's off to Wake Forest. Wake Forest is no pushover. Last year, they gave Clemson Tigers a scare. And then, you know, Clemson kind of figured out at halftime, third, going into the third and most of the fourth quarter. And they yeah. pulled away. This time, Wake Forest had their number pushing them to double overtime. And yeah. Nate Wiggins, man, broke up Sam Hartman's uh, fourth down pounds in end zone. And it yeah. kind of capped it off. But this offense of Wake Forest really surprised me. The run game, um, was was one of the big ones I thought they kind of opened up a little bit of the pass, the passing lanes, and then Banks just goes off for 141 yards, two touchdowns. They mix it up a little bit. Um, Hartman might be legit, man. I, I, I didn't yeah. hear about him coming into the game, but he's he he's looked poised, 20 out of 29. Oh, for sure. Throwing six touchdowns against Clement. Clemson, who was number five. Yeah, man, you definitely do notice. Scouts are going yeah. crazy, like who is his cat? We we need to keep our eye on him. but he, yeah, he he kind of kept them in the game, and they had Clemson's number, just couldn't cap it off. But uh, man, running game for Clemson worked too. You know, 104 yeah. yards, one touchdown. But I love the way um, Clemson had that poise to say, okay, we're 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 in a dog fight. How can we got get out of this? And the defense stepped up for him.
0: Absolutely um and, and get into another dramatic uh finish with florida tennessee um t- uh, tennessee was able oh. to to <laughs> not, not not the game you really want to talk about <laughs> but 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 tennessee tennessee was able able to win 38 to 33 and, and now with them being yeah. a four and oh the last time they they were uh, uh that record they advanced to the sc championship and you know the vols mm-hmm. survived just a, a couple of late late touchdowns by florida and even the onside kick recovery um gate gave the gators right. another shot but like what were your thoughts on just how this game kind of turned into one that Florida really had a shot to win? Also, uh, how Tennessee is doing right now because they're four zero and they look really look like a competent um, SEC team.
1: Their play calling is is uh, their offensive coordinator is, a, is 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 pretty good, and I and most of the time, well, for two plays I know for sure there was miscommunication, and you know, no multiple plays were. Our secondary was out of order. They had a sign on their chest saying, out of order. We're not working today. We're on strike. We're not going to cover anybody. Man, it was, I can recount several plays where we're just out of one. middle linebackers in the zone when everybody is in in man coverage and and allowed a running back to scoot out and get a touchdown. Uh, We're we're running uh, cover three in the wheel right for the tight end and the wide receiver on multiple plays, gets out to the left side, and they get down the field, or they score. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of miscommunication on secondary. The offense played well. I'm not taking anything from Tennessee. Their 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 quarterback in Hooker, man, he knows his system. He's comfortable with the system. He knows what his what his attributes are and his his strengths are, and they they utilize it. Our secondary is the weakest. So hats off to Tennessee. But I don't think they are that good, to be honest with you. They just capitalize mm. on miscommunication a mistakes. Overrated. I don't think they're that good. A little overrated. a, a, a little overrated so far. Yeah, they're for no s- sits forever, but I think they're a little overrated. There's obviously there's so many mistakes for our secondary, so many mistakes on our defense. Offense play well, and we yeah. still had an opportunity to, to beat them. So I don't think Tennessee is that good. I don't I don't, you know, I don't see them winning the SEC East, but I mean the West. SEC West, but hey, you know, I'm a hater. You know, I'm, I'm a little biased. I'm a little biased, Willis. I'm salty, brother. I, I'm definitely salty. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm salty. Set. But I don't think they're that good. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I don't think they're that good. They didn't convince me they're that good.
0: Just yet. And, and, and even after them not really being able to close that game. Like, we, we always talk about teams really closing games well. And that was one where they really mm-hmm. let it slip. E- even though, like, they, they still want it. it. They didn't close it, finish it the way, like, they really should have. Um, but but now getting into kind of like most interesting week five game um, to t- to me like an interesting one is Alabama Arkansas because Arkansas is coming off of mm-hmm. a really close oh yeah uh, loss to, to, to Texas A and and then Alabama is getting a, a really competitive team um, in the mm-hmm. in the SEC West but 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 to you like looking ahead like what is kind of your most inter- interesting week five game the one that that stands out to you early
1: and, and you know you're gonna think I'm crazy I have Wake Forest and Florida State. Wake Forest coming off a game where they should have won in over second overtime yeah, against Clemson won. was number five, and then Florida State is on a high four zero since what two thousand sixteen. The quarterback is back, everything looks good. They're going against another uh, great team in ACC ACC action. This is going to solidify who who's who is Florida State really back, or if Wake Force has just got lucky against Clemson. I like this matchup. I'm gonna have to go with Wake Forest. I'm I'm not a Florida State fan. I would never go with Florida State. But I like this matchup. This is gonna show me how good Florida State is. And if yeah. how good and you know, are are they back? Can we say after this game, win or loss? We'll figure out if Florida State is back. That I think that's my game, uh, one of the games I'm looking forward to. And also NC State and Clemson. Can Clemson this is another um an, another ACC team, test. and we're, yeah, man, you got back to back. NC State looks really good, the top ten, so another you know top ten matchup. So I'm looking forward to if Clemson can you know have that same uh, tenacity to to bring into this game and see if they can come out, not make it as close, but yeah, Clemson has been in some dog fights in the past year or two. They haven't been convinced convincingly winning against teams they should be.
0: Yeah. Uh, who who would you say like in terms of like the teams that you've seen so far? Like, would you say it's kind of been the Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, or or those teams that, that you think are, are still at the at the top? I mean, obviously, like like we have some teams like Florida State that could possibly try to get in in that mix, but like, who are the the, the teams that you're kind of like, hey, I I trust these teams, I know they're going to kind of like stay at the top um for the foreseeable future.
1: Oh, Georgia has Georgia's conventionally better than every other team. Yeah. With losing 18 starters to the Man. draft. Um Georgia is solidified. I'm I'm still not big on Alabama this year. Um I think Oklahoma State did, did that is Texas
0: did, 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 did that Texas game kind of give you a red flag in terms of just like the sh- their struggles in that Yeah. Way? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think there's still some some um whole leaks in um uh, in their offense and defense. I don't think Bryce Jones is as solidified as we thought he was, even though he has all these nils and you know commercials. <laughs> I don't think he's a so, Yeah, man, come on, bro. <laughs> he had so much money, but the, I, I'll say this: the only team that is like I'll trust to do anything is Georgia. I'm telling you no that. other team yeah no other that's team the in the team it where I'm just like yeah, like yeah they got it yeah they got it yeah for sure they are all special all teams fronts. offense defense all fronts they are solid they have like five tight ends that can play start at any team they wanted to running oh, yeah. backs Stetson looks good like you know they have they have everything you want yeah that's the only check team boxes.
0: that's the checkbox check, team well, yeah well I'm
1: afraid of them this year <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah. Um. And and, and now get into to the NBA and, and obviously like the, the, the biggest news uh, um this past offseason has been Emmy Udoko and, and his one year suspension and, and this, just the surprising developments of the situation. Um. This announcement was made last Thursday night as the Celtics cited violations of team policies in their announcement. Um. Sources pre- previously told ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski that Udoka had an intimate relationship with a female member of the franchise's staff. And the suspension is mm-hmm. effective immediately. A decision about Adoka's uh, uh, future will be made later, the team said. But what are your thoughts on this suspension and also just how the final uh, decision was made? Because this is something where the organization probably knows even more of what was happening. And they're just not saying it now. But this is a big blow to the Celtics and obviously coming off of the year they yeah. had, not having mm-hmm. their coach at all this year.
1: Wow. The the why this is public, it's, it's baffling to, to start off. If you have an internal problem, this should not be public. Mm-mm. It's being run so high, and Brett Favre's situation has too. not been run. Yeah, right, that
0: has not been addressed enough. I mean, yeah, if you're <sighs> acting like that's just like, hey, <laughs> oh, we
1: him always him. do that. He just, <laughs> yeah, he just got called by it. you know, you know. But I think this should have been handled internally. To be honest with you, this should not have been as blown up as it should. Yeah, you want you know people to be aware, but I think this could have been an internal thing. You know, people to ask questions, but you deal with you have a whole PR department, you have publicists, you have specific protocol. The fact that the Celtics has handled it this way, it's I don't understand it. You know, this should have been handled internally. As the head coach, I agree with the year's suspension. Do I think they should make him resign after a year suspension? No, because in his first year he went, he took you to the NBA Finals. Yeah. So outside of his, you know, off court things, he deserves a second chance. And as an organization who hasn't had a championship since what two thousand and nine,
0: right? Two thousand eight.
1: Yeah. You you can't get rid of the guy who took you to the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Year suspension, cool. Find him some bunch of money, cool. But if you get rid of him fully, you're going to go back to the same situation, almost getting into the NBA finals, not getting over the hump. It's uh, evidently he knows something or he has that chemistry with the players to do so. But I just think this should be handled internally. This should have been something like not swept this. under the rug. Yeah. yeah something like this yeah, should this not is...
0: just be fully laid out. No. Like that, that's, that's, he, that's, that's,
1: that's that's dirty. That's 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 real dirty. That's, That's real dirty. Cause some of the head coaches have. You look at um, who was the the general manager? I forgot his name for 76ers when he had his his wash combs. They didn't they didn't blast him like that. Information came out later, but he was oh, long gone. Yes, Galangelo? yeah, yeah. He was long gone before um everything came out. So in a situation for your head coach, you 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 have to man you yo know, you you they handle it. They handled it wrong to me, but I do I do agree with the suspension. The suspension, hopefully, yeah. the, the, the files,
0: length yeah. of it when you're in yeah. that in that position, yeah. But but just to put it out like that, fully, yeah, it's just yeah, it, yeah,
1: it's, it's not right. Just running it every you know every hour, mm-hmm. you know. what I mean, that's that's just too much, too much, absolutely.
0: Um, and, and getting getting to to another situation, uh, with with, with ownership yeah. thoughts on on just Robert Sauber selling the Suns and Mercury after his recent controversy. And after 18 years as the owner, he's stepping down after, you know, racially insensitive incidents um, yeah. of his became public. And he's the third owner in the past eight years who's had to do this. Um, even Chris Paul wanted the league to give him a harsher penalty, penalty before than just the initial one-year suspension and $10 million fine. But what are some of your thoughts on how the situation has unfolded? And we're seeing a current, just a trend of yeah. a lot of owners in the NBA having issues like this yeah. and it being brought to the forefront. And You know, it's one of those things where when is this gonna be put to an end, or is it just one of those things where the NBA knows is happening and they're just still having to deal with it almost year after year?
1: Yeah, because I mean, they've known about it for years. They just don't do anything about it until it's like highlighted. You know, I all these owners think as these players as possessions anyway, and that's why I love that the players are getting more of a voice and a platform and to be able to construct their own deals and ask for what they want to ask for. Because at the end of the day, if it's a business, they're a business too. They're a business entity as well, because they have a lot invested in your team and in their career. If you're going to treat us like a business, they're a business entity too. So, Man, all these owners, these racist owners, everything's just coming to light. This has been happening for years and years. It's just mm-hmm. coming to light, and everything is more heightened because we have social media, which which I love. I have a hate re- love relationship with mm-hmm. social media, but it has that. heightened and, yeah, and highlighted so many things that that's you know lie dormant or not. People are not really talking about. But yeah, man, yeah, step down. Give it, give it to somebody else who actually cares about these players. You know, thinking you know want to be racist with it because this league is, I'll say 95% predominantly black mm-hmm. or Brown or just some kind of, you know what I mean? So yeah, to bet you don't want your players, to, they don't want to play for you. If they think the owner, just like the, the Clippers owner, you know what I mean? Like when he, yeah, when he went with it, that was like, bro, I want to play for him. Like, nah. And then, yeah. So more people need to whistleblow on this racism that, that, that goes on into these sports and in the world. So, yeah. He deserves everything. Yeah, sell it. The Mercury to oh, yeah. sell it all. <laughs> and go be racist in in, 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 in Florida, down in where Florida. Go, go to one of those retirement homes. And be I, racing that's that's retirement
0: where you got to go. That's where you got to go.
1: Yeah. Let's go out there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And I'll get into our first album review with Dixon's O for Daisy, just initial takeaways of it in um, his latest project, which is a follow-up to last year's Darling EP. And with features like Tinashe, Seven Streeter and the Mensa, mm. uh, there's different sounds and themes such as, you know, full on dance and, and, and R&B uh, plus on, on ladder banner ropes and just distant rock elements in one of the electric songs, Butterfly. But uh, what are some of your takeaways from the, from this new project? Cause we, we talk about Dixon a lot. Like he's, He's yeah. one of the the up and coming guys. I, I I think he put together mm-hmm. a project that could can, mm-hmm. can really show how long he's going to be around oh, for yeah. a long time. And I thought this was he he put out four three or four singles, and I and I think a lot of these songs, even the extra ones, really go right. together.
1: Yeah, no, I thought this was first of all concise ten songs. Um, I thought it was a nice mixture of nice good mixture of production. Um, sometimes you forget that it's R and B and, you know, it, it sounds alternate to me, but he has a way of using his voice to bring out, you know, the instruments and the beats. I think it's his, his voice is an added ad instrument, but like his, his beat selection the production, man, it was, yeah, it really, it really was a vibe. It really was a, a, a moment to, uh, en- endure for real. Like I I, I liked this album. I thought it was definitely a vibe. Really and he had that that bumpiness and yeah, he had every element you want in the album for sure. I don't think um, he, he didn't leave would...
0: out he didn't leave out any element in this in this album. I thought that that was what was really impressive. Like he really touched on everything.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. The only thing I didn't like was the transition into each and every song. Like and some, some been, transitions yeah, it was it got a little lazy. Um, especially when you have your own uh Producers like stream those songs together, especially as an R and B. Make it a, make it, make it a, um, make it, it makes me a it, it story. Al-
0: it almost makes me think of you. Know, remember, remember Kalani's album "Blue Water Road." Like, yes. like, like which we, which yes. we love. Yes, there are transitions in it there hurts. that are just like crazy. Like it blows you away, man. Like yeah. it, she never mm-hmm. misses with, with transitions, and it made me think of just like how certain certain artists and certain albums. They're just they really know how to string it together.
1: And that's a part of making a great album. Cause you don't feel like it it won't make you feel like it sounds the same, but it's just a good transition. Just like a DJ, how DJs transition to different songs and finding the same BPM and all that good stuff is just with an album. It makes it 10 times better. Cause if I hear one track and then you go to the next track, it doesn't have no resemblance to this track beforehand. I'm like, bro, how did you arrange this album? Like, did you not want it to flow? Like the flow of the album makes you feel like you're not listening to 10 songs. Yeah. It makes it, it seems like you're missing to one big song, one big story. So I think that's the only nitpicking I'm, I'm 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 taking for Dixon. But this this album was definitely, definitely a vibe. His voice is nice, it fit every beat that he had. I love the features. Um, but that's the literally I'm nitpicking at this point. Well, that's the only critique I have.
0: There wasn't a lot to, 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 to critique on this project. It wasn't a lot. Nah, Cause he, he, nice. yeah, he, he did really good. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> oh, <this laughs> three, <one>. three. <laughs> and now getting, getting into our next review with, with somebody The dramas, results take time. In um, this new release in 16 song mixtape, uh, somebody gives off just a lot of introspective raps and tries to put out relatable lyrics along with, you know, rapping over beats that artists who, um, wants to become a mainstream rap over, but what were your thoughts on this mixtape and, and just kind of like the 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 main thoughts of it? Because you know he he is we we, we also recently talked about DJ Drama and, and what he's been doing, uh, with other artists and he collabs with another one. But what were some of your main thoughts on this and and takeaways of it?
1: Yo man, Simba man, I've been seeing his uh his uh rap videos and interviews go like crazy viral man he once again you're gonna get tired of us saying is he check boxes um the voice the cadence um uh, the uh the confidence in which he speaks yeah, got a lot of confidence the bars the lyricism yeah you could tell you know that, that's that cali that cali, cali rappers and artists always have that that confidence that it's not an arrogance but it's just a confidence how you know how he right writes yeah 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 he writes really well like it's, you can have bars, but where you put the bars at, like put mm. them in, in right spaces within the, which in your rap, you can just came bar, 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 bar. And then where, 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 bar. how he, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how he constructs his raps, but now nah, this, this was dope. This was dope. This wasn't like a, I didn't hear a song where it could be on the radio, which is fine. He didn't have a radio song to me, but I think he had a nice, a nice, good. Um, I think it was a concise. 60 songs is not bad. Anything over 15, 16 is just like, it's just too much. Like too <laughs> much, I know you want to put as much music out as you want to, but yeah, hey, hey, hey. You 15. want to manipulate
0: the streams. <laughs> <laughs> right. 15,
1: but nah, nah, nah. I thought it was dope, bro. Like, obviously, you know, check the boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I like the features.
0: Features were good.
1: I, I really do like, yeah. Really I mean, I'm a huge fan of Two Chains. If you have Two Chains of an album, I'm going to listen to it. I oh, will yeah. probably go to that song first. <laughs> I mean, I just like Two Chains, but no, he had Key Glock. Two Chains song will be played
0: first. It. The Two Chains songs will be played first. Oh, for sure, two man. Are.
1: Two Chains is slept on. He's he's underrated, but I do I do like his uh his features. I think yes. he has different vibes on his album. He gave that um, he gave the hip hop side, and he also gave the the trap side. I and like he mix, you know, mix a couple. Yeah, he it was a, a very versatile album. I think this is his first album, if I'm not mistaken. I think um, so. As a well known artist, yeah, yeah. As a well known artist, yeah. now he's known. known. Everybody yeah. knows Simba, because he uh <laughs> in his interview with um uh funk funk flex, he funk called flex, him out yeah. about the Tupac thing. And I'm I'm with I'm with Funk Flex. You know what I mean? I, I like what he said about the two. You know, I'm just not a big fan of Tupac. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, mentioned, I like you mentioned mentioned that
0: impact. on the above but we mentioned that on the above uh, above the rim review, and Kevin, I think Kevin yeah. wants to, to to come on again to talk about he, like a official ranking. <laughs>
1: oh no, man! I like his impact on hip hop or you know the rap game, but he wasn't very he wasn't very he didn't have bars. Yeah, he, he couldn't hang. He, was, he couldn't he hang. Catchy. He couldn't hang
0: with the lyricists. So, he could not hang with the lyricists. No,
1: man. he cannot. You can't put him in your top five or your top ten when it comes to because you're talking top five. Is is first of all you got to see if he's an MC. He check with was an MC. He just you know sure. he has that charisma. But when it when it comes to the versatility and writing and rhymes and, and all that stuff, he's not. I'm not saying he's terrible. But when it comes to if he's in your top five, he got to be a better than a lot of people. In my yeah. top five, he definitely ain't better than them. He ain't better than <laughs> Biggie. He ain't better than Jay Z. He not yeah. better than J Cole. He not better than Drake. He definitely not better than Kanye. So. Even though Kanye, Kanye had a you know, run,
0: Kanye had a run early in his career where he was he was
1: barring up. And his impact is it's way bigger. Oh yeah, than bigger. Tupac. If you want, I mean, I know Tupac died early, but I'm just I'm sorry, I'm just not a huge fan of Tupac. I don't Tupac listen music. to Tupac's music. But this symbol, yeah, you know, he yeah, he nice. He checked boxes. He got a long road ahead of being just consistently great.
0: Yeah. Definitely, absolutely um and getting getting get into our next album with, with jesse Ray's uh, uh a yesi this is kind of like a different type of underground uh, uh album you know in her latest album her voice is matched with just all kinds of beats such as 90s r&b beats rock and roll hip-hop and even slow jams mm-hmm. but what were some of your some of your thoughts on these lyrics and her vocals because she really she t- she in her project she she goes she does pick a lot of different sounds and and nuances but but how did you feel like she fit um on these beats
1: it was too sporadic it, it had too many like the rock the art it's just too much it's too much for you yeah she she yeah she i think she did too much on this i mean first of all we'll we'll give her kudos for a concise 11 song album um yeah i just i just thought it was too much i think she tried to do too much i think she literally tried to be drake and i've seen drake in her yeah she's you know, friends with drake that's the, funny. Part, yeah <laughs> She's yeah, I think she's trying to be because Drake has been doing it for a while and he knows how to add all those elements dance hall, yeah, the rap, the, the R and B. He knows how to combine those in a nice album. You're just starting it's hard to replicate that. It's hard to, to replicate that. Yeah, it's hard to replicate that. I just yeah, I just didn't like this one. If is there one sound blueprint?
0: Is there one sound for, you, you wish you would have she would you you wish she would have stuck to?
1: Forever with black, yeah. am I not mistaken? Yeah, well black. That was no spot, yeah. Like black right there. But I mean, even RB, I've heard a couple, I heard some of her songs where she's her she had a good voice, but she just did too much on an album. I know you want to, you know, experiment and do certain things. That's what EP's for. That's what mixtape is. Fire for. EP. Yeah, I mean, this would have you could have added more songs, an EP or a mixtape. You experiment more on mixtapes and EPs. See what people think. Five songs. I'm going to do all this sporadic stuff and see what people think. Mixtape, you can do whatever you want. That's what Dixon
0: think. did with Darling.
1: That's, that's what
0: Dixon did with exactly. Darling last <laughs>
1: Just yeah. do like EP or mixtape. Do not do an album with all this these different genres on one album. It doesn't, it doesn't work for me. Maybe other people like that. I don't know how you feel about it, but I just didn't like It was just too much. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and yeah, and, 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 I, and I do like her as an artist. I do feel as, but, but like you said, I do feel as though she could have stuck with something like the, like the song of black. It would have yeah. it would have fit more of what she was going after because like she tries yeah. to like like you said like that's a great point of you saying almost trying to be like Drake because she tries to touch on like yeah. every different genre and there's only he's 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 different. Obviously, he's an all timer. Like not everybody yeah, yeah. not everybody can replicate what he did and what he's still trying to do. So that's that's where you got to kind of kind of like observe like hey. Am I trying to be in something that's not really what I what what my lane is and, yeah. and what my fan base would want?
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and absolutely not, because I know her for like more R&B, more alternate a little bit, but not like yeah. no rock or anything like that. Like, yeah, yeah, she did too yeah. much for this.
0: Um, and, and, and and now and now getting into Absol's Moon um, Moon Shooter, his his latest single, in, and, and he said that that this is kind of meant to be an early taste of his upcoming album. He, he co wrote it with Zakari mm. and Absol kind of gets into a, a, a philosophical zone over a moody harp a breakbeat and melodic string sample. But how did you feel about this new single and kind of the build up it can have uh, for his upcoming album?
1: I thought it was dope. I gotta I keep gotta remember it's two different Absols. He has the hyphen. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Uh, cuz an old school rapper that you know was with most def once at the time yeah. he has he has a successful podcast. He actually mm-hmm. was on uh Reason's album a couple oh, years no. ago. But I always got to remember cuz this is the the long hair don't care Absol with the yeah. hyphen. Um but I thought it was dope though. I thought it, I thought it was dope. Um it's not a song that I would like continue to play but for what it was and if it is a taste of an album I I can't wait. Do I think it's an album song? I mean, um a single or album song. I think it's a single song. I think it was a single song. Yeah. But yeah, I'm interested. it get it piqued my interest on in what the album is gonna sound like. Yeah. And what what direction he's gonna Interesting go
0: teaser. In. That was definitely an interesting yeah. teaser. It's a teaser to have. Mm. Um and getting getting to get our last uh, music review with Freddie Gibbs' uh, Dark Hearted um, and his new single before his next album, Soul Soul Separately, which is going to come out this Friday. Um, he collaborates with, with James Blake and discuss, discuss kind of being in a vulnerable place along with um, being contemplative. But what were some of your main thoughts and, and opinion on on this new track? Because obviously, like like we mentioned with Freddie Gibbs' last album, Alfredo, how good that was and also just like what he can do with this next project. Um, what were some of your, your initial uh, uh, thoughts on this one?
1: Um, not a single song. First yeah, and foremost, I thought it was an, for an album, album song. That's for an album. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like Freddie get Gibbs as a rapper for sure. I think he checks checks. I think he checks certain boxes. But for this song to be released as a single, I, I'm I don't agree with that. I think it was the definite album song. This will tie into another track or tie into two tracks. The it'll worst. sound when great on the album.
0: My... I think I think it'll sound yeah. Great on the
1: album. Yeah. I mean the production wasn't bad, but I just I, I thought it was a, a a decent song, but I just don't think it was a um a, a you know single worthy. This when I think of single songs, it's something that you can play on the radio that you can play continuously over and over.
0: It's a banger. And
1: it just has that yeah, it has that, you know, a banger. Some some slow song, rap songs. Yeah, it can um, be
0: singles too, yeah.
1: Yeah, it can be singles too, but but this was not a single song. And that's the
0: thing. I liked the song, over, but I was like, "This is not the second single. You should put out before your album comes out, man. Uh, like, this isn't uh-uh. the one.
1: Just don't put like, out. A, just don't put out another one. Just wait. Because he already put out a,
0: a a single too much with, with Money Back Yo before. Yeah, and that one sounded yeah. more. Like, I was, was like, Oh show. yeah, that was fire. Yeah, 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 that was fire. I'm like, just mm-hmm. just stick with that and then put out the album. But I don't think he needed to do another another single.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, you're jumping the gun. That Money Bag Yo one was that was fire. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, it was fired. Yeah, yeah, money back. Yeah, yeah. That was that was dope one. That's a single song. <laughs> yes, but this one. No, bro, you should have just waited. Now, um, it, you could have like I'm looking at his playlist, bro. Oh, go back. Look at his playlist. You could have dropped the one with Innocent Pack. Oh yeah. Or I mean, because I know the Offset one has to be like a more mid-up tempo song with Pain and Strife, but like I'm looking at all these tracks. In these features, maybe he didn't want to drop a feature and wanted to wait. But I don't know. I just didn't think that was a, a and single the, song. And speaking
0: of of, of of his album, there's also Boldy James has an album coming out. Um, Rome Street has an album coming out this Friday. Uh, Tory Lanez as well. Is, is there, even Kid Cudi, is there one album in particular this Friday, uh, uh, maybe mm-hmm. even the Freddie Gibbs album that you kind of think it, is the one you kind of have the most expectations for?
1: That kid Cutting one sounds interesting. Just to to see what direction he's going to now in his career, because he's still doing the same songs on tour that he did, you know, back in the day. So now I'm, I'm interested in what vibe he's gonna bring to the album, because I didn't know he was dropping. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah, what vibe? Because he's on tour right now, actually.
0: Yeah. It's, so the fact it's, that yeah he's dropping out, putting album, one right? out now. Yeah, it's very interesting. But it's, it's <laughs> a packed it's yeah. a packed album uh, uh, Friday this coming week. So it should be really
1: interesting. how many how many songs.
0: I'm. I'm he not like sure. I, I think it's around. I think it's around. Uh, around like fifteen. I think
1: so. Yeah, I'm interested. The timing of it though.
0: is interesting. Yeah, the timing of it is. Really yeah. Cool.
1: Yeah. Now I'm pretty. I wonder if he, he's. Uh, he's dropped any other new songs yeah. while on tour because he's on tour with. Um. Uh. Um. Not Vince Staples. It's another guy. It's. Um. It's two. It's one. Yeah. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I can't remember. Oh, Denzel Curry. Okay, he's on tour. Denzel Curry um, himself is another um, another uh, artist that they're on tour because they were in Atlanta. Got it. Um, not too long, on uh, Labor Day weekend.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it should be definitely interesting with him being on the tour as well. So definitely can't wait for that. Well, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with our Scarface. Welcome back to the show. And now we're getting to our Scarface review. And to start with the overview, Scarface is a 1993 crime drama film directed by Brian De Palma and written by Oliver Stone, loosely based on the 1929 novel of the same name and serving as a loose remake of the 1932 film. Um, it tells the story of a Cuban refugee, Tony Montana, who arrives penniless in Miami uh, during the Mario uh, boat lift and becomes a powerful and extremely homicidal drug lord. The film co-star Stephen Bauer, Michelle Pfeiffer, Mary Elizabeth uh, Mastrino, and Robert uh, Laggio depart- De Palma directed, dedicated this version of Scarface to the writers of the original film, Howard Hawks and Ben Heck, had a budget of 23.5 to 37 million and brought in 6.6 million into the box office and also had an 81% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but what were kind of your initial thoughts on just, you know, how this film was stylized, um, you know, it being kind of an ultra-violent one, but also having a thin line between a moral drama and, and, and celebratory excess?
1: I thought this was, and I remember this on two tapes. VH, VHS. Mm, oh, way back. Um, I remember, like, this is one of those movies that whenever it's on, whatever, we'll watch it periodically. Like, Green Mile was on two tapes. Save It, Private Ryan was on mm. two tapes. We used to watch this uh, Scarface a lot. But I know when I first watched it, I'm like, bro, this is. This is really I don't really understand everything, but this is really crazy. <laughs> it was really dope. Like how ride. do you just come in <laughs> and hit on somebody's wife? Like, not even not even hesitation, bro. Like, bro, this man does not care about dying, man. It was so many great scenes in this film. Like it, it's hard not to get attached to it. Al Pacino's portrayal of you know Tony Montana and that name alone, that Tony Montana, like you got you cannot say that with an accent. Tony Montana, Tony Montana. Montana. <laughs> Tony Montana. <laughs> but now, man, yeah, first watch, yeah, first initial watch. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I really like this film. I really, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, it's old school filming. <laughs> Um, oh, you can sell that, um, man! You can sell that. Yeah, old school family, basic family, nothing too strenuous, but the 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 storyline and the the dialogue really carried this film, and obviously the action, obviously. Mm-hmm. But no, no, I thought it was yeah, really amazing film. Check boxes, and,
0: and for a film that that, that kind of has has this kind of style, like, do you think we, we talk about this so many times with other movies that that we like? But do you think like if it didn't have a great dialogue, it wouldn't be the same type of movie that it was, or do you think just that character that that Al Pacino portrayed was gonna still was gonna still able to to lift it even if it didn't have good dialogue.
1: No, I, I don't think any act. I mean, you could ad lib, but I don't True. think the script, the the base, the the premise of the script has to be good enough. And then the ad libs are really cool. There's a million thousand, mil, yeah, I would say a million ad libs that made movies mm. better. But that initial dialogue, initial uh, screenplay is obviously what gets you to make that movie, but it has to be at least decently good. I just thought like the interchanging with different characters was was really well and well written, Um, especially with, um, you know, Frank Lopez and, you know. Tony Montana like that that interaction even with um, Omar you know even with Elvira yeah. like the, the women in the 80s was just like that like it was just it was a lot of you know dialogue that really made the movie good because you can have a lot of action in a movie and it's still not good. Okay, we want action, but we also want to be feel like we're connected to the story. And that's where the dialogue comes in. That's where character development building comes in. I think with a two hour long film, you better have good character <laughs> oh, development. Yeah, you better. Yeah. You better absolutely. have good. But no, I thought, yeah, yeah, I thought it was, yeah, yeah. It, it really was the dialogue that kind of halfway carried the movie. Because you have all the action, blah, blah, blah. But if you don't have them, they're talking like caveman. I'm like, okay, what is this? All
0: right. Yeah, it turns out I was on. on. <laughs> and he was
1: funny. Told yeah. him I thought it was funny, especially when he was getting interrogated before he was able to go into the, the um one of the camps or whatever. He was like, you know, just joking around um uh, with the, the officers or the whatever, who they were. But yeah, man, it just, the dialogue, yeah. that was a funny scene. Like it made it give you a more depth of who mm-hmm. his character was.
0: Absolutely. Um, and getting to our first topic from one to four stars, what would you give it? Um, to, to you, what would be your your particular particular rating for for this one?
1: I have to give it four, man. Yeah, man this, I have this, to this give amazing. it a four. Yeah, it's it's something I watch. Oh, if it's on TV, obviously I don't have the DVD. But if it's on TV and it's on, or it's on net like Netflix or whatever, it was on Netflix for a while. Oh, it's still on Netflix. Yeah, still. On. And I watched it the other day. So, man, every chance I get it, I know it's long, but yeah, it's I, one I of those like ones it.
0: you still want to watch all of it, like e, e, yeah. even though it's long, even though it's long, like it has that effect.
1: Like it didn't, t- like it, it touched on so many things, but like the underlining relationship he has with his sister and why he didn't want. Uh, Manny to date her. Obviously, Manny was a womanizer anyway, so I understand that part, but just like not seeing Yeah, that, good like, reasons. Yeah, to good reasons it. for her yeah. to not be around Manny. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was a womanizer. But it had, you know, different elements of what, what, what... What I liked in a film: action, good dialogue, relatability. Um, obviously, it wasn't shot as you know beautiful as you know now, but I think it for what it was and the era that I was in. I thought it was I thought it was shot decently good.
0: This film um, now, but this I, film now would have been shot like crazy. Oh <laughs> my
1: god! You ever had so many drone shots in here, bro? <laughs> like what uh-huh. was the gray? Um, the movie with um the the gray area with um what's his name he played captain america and another guy who played in um
0: was it chris evans
1: chris evans and the guy who played in the notebook I uh, forgot his name he played in a bunch of other movies but okay. there that was shot so beautifully, and I think we talked about that. It was shot so beautifully, and yeah. the whoever flying that drone was did an amazing job. So I just imagine if this was shot now, I would like a remake to be honest. Oh with you. yeah, to kinda, see yeah. a different element absolutely. of shots, and to see I don't know who to get to play uh, Tony Montana because Al Pacino shut that role. That's down. so tough.
0: That's so tough to follow. Down. That's so tough to follow, yeah. man. Yeah, absolutely. but now I have
1: four stars.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think four. I, 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 yeah, I would have to give it four as well. I mean, this just had a very riveting Pacino performance, and just the cinematic portrayals along with um, retribution show how it was just an engaging modern version of a gangster story. Mm-hmm. Um, but now getting into favorite character, and, and, and one that was kind of a you know a, a background character, Alessandro Sosa. He, he he was interesting because yep. he was kind of able to spot weak associates that could you know cause him trouble in the future, but and, and that ended up denying his foes having enough time to plot and I thought that was very interesting to see kind of how he was able to spot the ones that could kind of bring him down but to you who was your overall favorite character
1: oh man oh that's a good one I don't want to you know be you know I'll say Tony Tony Montana's obviously I'll say Manny man because it's funny Manny was the front guy to get them into Frank Lopez's Thing, and then no, it got to be Tony Montana, bro. <laughs> I can't even think I it. love that. I love be- that.
0: He's like, nah, bro. I'm <laughs> going, going Tony going.
1: because he literally took it over. Manny brought them, brought them in. Yeah, and you know whatever, and then he had the monster was like, nah, bro. I'm, I'm I want to be a boss. I want to be my own guy. Like he had that, con- that you know arrogance about him and the confidence about him to be like, yo, I'm coming in the game. Okay, that's cool, but I want to run the game. You so want to be the top of the head. And man, he didn't have that vision. So Tony yeah. Montana, bro, like he went out crazy, man. You know, he was a coke head, but it's okay. He didn't feel most of those bullets. Go ahead. Come on. Go ahead. Like, yo, that had to be That was one of the of craziest bro, piles no of coke, coke I've ever seen. Bro, that <laughs> man put his whole hair in it, bro. He head buddy the coat, Willington. I don't understand it. He head That's a lot of coat, bro. He didn't yeah. feel none of the bullets. Go ahead. Come on. I thought about bullets. I thought about <laughs> How do you pull the bullets out your body and throw them at people? Oh, Come on, man. You definitely- was on
0: one. He uh, was on one that yeah. entire film, man.
1: He was goodness. on a pile. He was on a pile. <laughs> he was on a pile, a pile of cocaine. That's what he had—a pile of cocaine, a hill of cocaine. But now nah, yeah, Tony Montana definitely. Yeah, without his character, without Al It's not the, him, movie, it not the same yeah, movie. This movie not the same at all. Absolutely. Yeah, duh. But I do like Sosa because he—he's a yes. different kind of. I told you, don't mess with me, you like, Yo, whoa! He really—he sent the army after him
0: that's when and that's when you time. know it's real that that's when you know it's heated It
1: is <laughs> his voice though his voice was so yeah like his voice his deep voice oh, Mr. What am I calling? <laughs> like it was like I can't go that deep but it was just like yeah I don't want to cross you your voice alone yeah, you don't can kill you. me like, I
0: don't. <laughs> just the voice over the phone man
1: <laughs> right yeah Tony like no don't call me No. Uh, just call me Yeah, nah uh. <laughs>
0: Um, and, and now getting into most memorable scenes i had uh tony's interrogation you know which was at the beginning of the film also taking yep. over negotiations the club shootout uh murdering yep. the general also the the, the restaurant yep. uh, 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 ran from tony later in the, in the film also drug deal gone bad and then finally stopping uh the, the assassination and the, also tony's final stand which that that entire yeah. t- entire scene there I mean, it has to be yeah. at, at the top um but kind of t- do you kind of wore some of your memorable scenes this movie
1: Oh, um besides you always you always pick the good ones. Um I think it was hmm oh no 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 no. that's not a good one. Yeah, you always pick the good ones, bro. <laughs> oh, when he shot Manny at the house. Oh yeah,
0: that's yeah. He, yeah, there was, you go. yeah, there you go.
1: Yeah. I'm yeah. like, bro, you one. kill your best, best friend friend. And just no hesitation, just looking at Gina and just pow, pow, like, whoa. The look he had and after then, he
0: did it. The look he had after he did yeah. it. Yeah. You can't
1: change it. And then, uh, obviously, um, Gina shooting him, shooting at him or whatever, and mm-hmm. then actually Nick him was a good scene, because she was like, yeah, like, yeah, you want me, you do want nobody else. Want me? Like, that's why I was thinking, like, what kind of a What's going? What's wrong with you? You want to see your little sister prevail? Yeah, it was definitely strange. And then she end up dying. Yeah, that's crazy. That was a good scene though.
0: Absolutely. Um. And and i gotta get into most memorable quotes. I had. Uh. Every dog has it has his day from Tony. Um. You don't have the yeah. the, the, the guts to be what you want to be. Um. Every day above ground is a good day for oh, Mel. Yeah, that's a good one. Um. Who put this together? In me. That that that's who. Who do I trust? In me from from Tony. And and finally, I always tell the truth. Even even when I lied from Tony, man, Tony was just taking up this this entire yeah this entire list from the quotes. But but to you, were there any like kind of standout quotes that you had?
1: Um, once again, you said all of the good ones. <laughs> Tony Montana, like you know, uh, yeah, Tony had always had all the good ones. I'll I'll give you one from Sosa. Um, He said, oh yeah, yeah, I'll tell you once Don't F me Don't you ever try to F me Like that whole That mm. one liner right there really solidified Sosa as like a true Villain Yeah, In drug lord, I'm gonna give you one I'm gonna give you one warning, that's it And then obviously the phone call I told you a long time ago You F'ing little monkey Not to F me, and then he sent an army." Whew. And then Tony Montana is no more. I don't that's like how you it. died, though. Oh, I don't man. like how you died, though, bro. How bet he come behind him and shoot him in the back? Come on, bro. You weak, bro. All the slow-mo. You just got this you know, sawed-off shotgun in your hand. And you you shoot the man in the back. Come I'm on. in the get back, out bro. Come on. Yeah, you shoot him in the that back. That's, come the, way on. You it. That, that's it. the way you do it. Nah. You felt that one, though. <laughs> you yeah. felt that one. <laughs> you definitely felt that shotgun. mm mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> he felt that shotgun. Oh my goodness.
0: Um <laughs> and now kinda of get into what did you like the most about the storyline. To to me something something else I, I observed in this was there was kind of significant parallelism parallelism between Tony, the facial scar and also Al Capone because He's another mm. a, 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 mm-hmm. another criminal who kind of ruled Chicago's underbelly in the same way that Tony did during the time it was shot. And I liked how Brian De Palma kind of showed like a, a kind of a similarity between two kind of like crime drug lords and ones that, mm-hmm. that, that were kind of going down the same route. But to you, what did you kind of like the most about this storyline?
1: The come up, really, man, you know, coming from Cuba, working his way up to the top and being that guy. Um but also, I love the little lessons in and out. You know, Frank Lopez tried to tell him, like, the only way you'll stay in this business for long, if you fly straight, don't be flashy. And that's what every, most every drug dealer or whatever tells you, do not be flashy. You're yeah. going to get caught if you bring a lot of attention. And so there's a lot of life lessons, you know. I don't know why he wanted a kid. You think, like Elver said, so you think you're going to pick him up from school? <laughs> you think you live living a normal life, bro? Like, what's going on? But I love the life lessons I was in. It. I mean, obviously, the, the come up of him coming from absolutely nothing, coming over, and um, kind of taking things over, and not being afraid to take things over. Uh, but I, the, the, for the most part, I like the life lessons. Yeah. For sure.
0: Definitely, and, and, and before we, we we get to the last topic, like Al Pacino, he's one of those actors that has been around for so long, ha, ha, has had so many yeah. memorable performances. Um, My obviously God. with the Godfather series, this movie, um, he was in Heat. He, he's he, he's he's even been oh, yeah. in, in, in in the Irishman. He's been in just countless movies. Like yeah. to you, looking back at his career and what he's been in, like what are some of the movies, even including this one, that you kind of say are just. The automatic ones that you say, like yeah, yeah, these are the top ones that he's been a part of.
1: Oh, obviously, Godfather. He, uh, you know, him per, uh, portraying uh, Tony Montana in The Given Sunday for the sports. Oh yeah, it's another one. Um, he's he's had a lot of he he has a luxurious career and his catalog is really crazy with the versatility. But obviously, when you think of Al Pacino, you think of The Godfather. You think of yes. you know Heat. One of the one of the ones I think of because you know I didn't really watch Godfather that much, but Heat. Yeah, I love it. Like him. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. Heat. Any Given Sunday is another one I think, kind of like solidify his his acting acting ability to portray a coach. An NFL coach at that, and have this underlying issues as well. But yeah, man, those the top three in my opinion that I think of the most is Godfather, um, you know, Scarface, and um Heat yes. for sure. That's his that top team. three, top yes, three.
0: Um, and, and and now kind of getting to our, to our last topic, you know, ten years from now, do you still think this will be watchable, and intriguing? And, and this yeah. is obviously past that uh, in, in yeah. so many <laughs> different, in so many different categories, obviously, like. like you mentioning the bh the the bhS tape obviously like, <laughs> it just shows how long it, it's been around but to you like what do you think will continue to make this just that that movie for the people that that haven't haven't seen it as much and, and are interested in, in what Al Pacino did earlier in his career because this is one of those movies where if you watch it you're gonna be able to tell how yeah. good of an actor he was and how he could take a character's over the top
1: man this this film people will gravitate to this not because of the length of the film, but the amount of character development in this film with, uh, Tony Montana, you get a hint of, um, of, uh, comedic aspect to him. You get the serious side, especially when you see him with Gina, um, he goes through every emotion that a character has, and he does it in such a way. Even when he finds out who's tried to kill him, it's just the the way he moved, the way he did things, the way he you know came, you know from the slums. To be honest with you, and sure. um, I think the re- relatability to it with the family aspect of even it's always that family aspect in mom movies, any type always. of film. Strings,
0: yeah, shrinks together. Wanted,
1: yeah. Wanting to have the, the woman on his own, wanting to have kids, wanting to have the family life, the morals he didn't want to kill those kids. I forgot that scene. That was a good oh, scene. Oh, yeah, where, that was a good yeah, one. Yeah. 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 So you always had that, that moral base, like, no kids. No, we don't we don't do kids. That's the rules. Yeah. It's the rules of the mafia. We don't we don't mess with wives. We don't mess with the kids. So it's always that that element in there in them type of films. But man, people will watch this because it's funny. It's uh, it has enough because <laughs> it's some comedic elements in this movie. Um,
0: the comedic elements are, 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 are right up there with the action and dialogue, man. Like oh, it's oh, every sure, different man. pocket, every different pocket.
1: As, soon as you turn it on, he's joking around uh, <laughs> with the with the guy with the um, you know interrogator guys, and him just like having those uh, those the moments with even Frank Lopez, you know. Um, but no, nah, yeah, the comedic aspect, the dialogue. I mean, the, it's enough action in there. Not too much, not too little. It has enough action sequences in there to keep you engaged. And obviously, you know the the eighties, uh, the what it is when they speed pass or whatever. Oh, what is it? It's like a collage of different watchcoms they did it. Push it to the limit. <laughs> that whole sequence it started in the 80s yeah it started in the 80s this this felt like
0: 80s this felt like heavily 80s man like if you you are a movie that that fit the time period this one this is one that did it like like this one that was like perfect for its time like it's just
1: it was so good i can't remember the name of it but yeah that it's all 80s films have it put music behind there's a lot of B-roll going to sequence and sequence then it comes back into one scene to kind of some you know get back into the to the screenplay yeah. but no I thought it, yeah, that element is always good absolutely well
0: that wraps it up for tonight I'm post One the Burns and I'm a kind of by about Morris this has been Full Scope see you later